This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, welcome to another episode. I'm Sensei Michelle. And I'm Sensei Jackie. And I'm Landon. And we are glad to have Landon here in his busy schedule. Of course, it is the end of November 2023, so we're kind of on a less busy schedule as we go towards Christmas and the holidays, correct? Yes. So you'll be able to hear more of me. A couple of times. It's a really fun day today, and not just because we're with Landon and our good friend, Sifu Rob Jones. Hi, Sifu. Good afternoon to everybody in the United States. <laughs> and hopefully worldwide. That's right. And in the warm. <laughs> yeah, well, here in South Florida, we are in the warm. We definitely are. And you are not. <laughs> in, they're in. Uh, I think you're in the Midlands. Yes, we are. We're... Uh, we're actually, uh, where I live is the geographical centre of England, not the UK, but England. And uh, we live in the deepest part of, uh, the deepest city in the UK. Nice. And we are bank centre in the middle. Oh, wow. That's a fun fact. That is a fun fact. We're going to start our day with fun facts. So we have a busy day today, Sifu, because what the audience doesn't know is Sifu and I talk all the time. Yes, And he gives us a lot of good feedback on other episodes that he's not in, but listens to. So I'm going to start there. And after we get done with some of his feedback on episodes, then where are we going to head, Sensei Jackie? We're going to move on to a really crazy subject, the Terracotta Army. And we have a surprise there. Right. When we get there, another surprise. Okay. But first, let's get caught up on one of the things we mentioned while we were looking at the Karate Dictionary. And that was the thing that you picked, Spencer Jackie. Yes, it was. Called Longhand Boxing. And we even mentioned you, Sifu, hoping that you can clarify it at least a little bit for us. Okay, that's not a problem. Chowlin Longfist, it's called. And it's uh, quite a prolific attacking system. It's long range, and it's uh, based on agility and rapid movements going through using the long fist. It's quite prolific, actually, and we actually use it as training aid for uh, stamina work, agility, continuation of movement, and power. What do you mean by long range? Well, we've got the we've got the long fist, so it all fights all long, long range here with the fist. So when we're blocking, we're closing in on him and battling him back. So as we're turning and, and going round and up and down and everything, using the whole length of the arm. So you have a full extension. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, we're also using the kicks at full extension because while we're, while we're using these as blocking, we're not only blocking it, we're, we're smashing, we're breaking the arm going down and we're breaking the opponent's balance and concentration. And then as we turn and we go into a long-range kick, Nice. So I have a, a quick question before we move on. And that is, so would you say that long range boxing is both a system and a strategy or just one of those two? Oh, no, it's a, it's a mixture of all. Okay. The strategy is the power, the versatility of it as well, because you don't just use the fist. We use all parts of the hand of the body, you know, and the arms and everything. We don't just block, we break. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is that when we strike, it's with power and it's the long fist. And 
it really confuses your opponent. Mm-hmm. So can I also say this and, and be accurate for our audience who doesn't have a visual? You're doing some a lot of circular motion, and it's very extended from the body, and it's both closed fist and open fist. Absolutely. And as we turn, we're using the back fist here. Not only using the back fist, as we're using the back fist here, we go in there. As we turn, we're kicking as well. I love a back fist. Don't you guys all love a back fist? Oh, yes. It's like one of my favorites. Now, can't we connect the open and closed fisted hands um, to the animal discussion? Because you had also listened to our animal episode, which you, by the way, always say nice things to me about how we present. And I appreciate that. But if I remember correctly, um, you had some great information about the animals, especially something about the colors. Yeah, the, the colors of the Shaolin differ. There is two systems of the tiger. One is northern and one is southern. Well, the southern one is like Choi Lee Foot. If you look it up, it's, a, it's, it's more of an aerial. It's more, it, it's more dexterity, whereas the northern one is very powerful and very low. That's the style we're on. But going with regard into the colors, with the northern style and the southern style, we intermingle. Yeah. So we've got we've got different colors because same attributes apply, but at different heights, if you see what I mean. So our colors in the tiger system, and this includes the southern style as well. Please bear with me because we can intermingle. I've got the best of both worlds, really. <laughs> so we got the colors are gold and black together, red and black together, red and gold together. Okay. Are, are those all tiger? Yes. Okay, I'm still with you. Then let's go on then to dragon. The dragon is a mythological uh, animal. Okay, it's called the, the nine sons of dragon. Mm-hmm. The color for new life is blue. Yeah. The green or azure is the east wind and the rain. The red is good fortune. Ah. Mm. Hence, you get the Chinese New Year, and that's why you get the red envelopes with the money inside. Oh. Uh, And then you've got yellow, which is wisdom. And the gold is strength, power, and stealth. Hence, our colors. Very interesting. Then you've got the white, which is purity, which means virtue. But black means revenge and evil. Hmm. Oh, now, obviously, as a martial arts system, although we all agree that revenge and evil exist, we don't propagate it. So how does that fit into your animals? Well, the animal system is um, the white crane. Which is pure. Which is pure. Okay. So let me let me explain to it in another way. In, in the olden days, it still happens today, apparently, in, in Japan where you uh, take your own life with Subaku. Mm-hmm. Well, if you notice, every one of them that commits uh, Subaku, it's all dressed in white. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why you wear a white suit. It means revenge. White or black means revenge? White. Well, now I'm confused. I'm actually seriously confused because we just said black did. With the Japanese system, it's white. Oh, oh! You changed over. 
and I didn't travel with. I didn't even, <laughs> but that's okay. Sorry. No, you're he all took, good. He took the bullet train. We didn't get on the we train. Didn't get on. But now I'm with. Okay, I'm ready to move on. You see, with the tiger, it's black and gold, etc. The white is the white crane. The snake is the emerald. It's all emerald colors in the Shaolin. Yeah. Yes. So let's finish up by talking about our shirts. <laughs> so I'm red. So what what color am I today? Aren't I good fortune? Yours is good fortune. Yes, it is. It's good fortune. Now, since Jackie's pink, so she's red and white. So she's pure and good fortune. Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. What else would I be? <laughs> We haven't got a pink one in here. Landon, you're black, are you? I'm the blue. He's blue. Oh, it's blue, is he? Sorry, on my screen. Well, the blue is uh, quite a royal colour in the Shaolin. Ooh. (laughs) Very nice. And you've got that black shirt on, you see, Phil. He's wearing a Goju shirt. Our our, Our Goju shirt. I'm so excited. You always wear it when we record, and I always appreciate it. Now, I'm going to push this on here, because if we do not keep going, you know what's going to happen. Run out of time. And I have the coolest surprise ever. So when I was talking to Seafood about a month ago, and I was saying to him, I wanted to catch up on some of his listener mail, I realized that I did not have enough information to fill the whole 20 minutes, but I had been studying about the Terracotta Army. Now, we are going to get into what is the Terracotta Army in just a minute, but a fun, fun story. So we're talking, and I say to him, I thought we would just fill the last 10 minutes with some talk about the Terracotta Army. Have you ever heard of it? And you said, Sifu, not only have I ever heard of it, but I did my entire thesis on the Terracotta Army. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. And that was in 1985. And you know what is really cool? And you you agree with me on this, Sifu. We did not plan that in any way in advance. It just happened, That's right? Awesome. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, because um, when it was first found, I was intrigued as to how how big this thing was. Yes. Do you remember the hectares? Oh, it's actually, it's 46 square miles. Oh, my. I know. That is huge. I was thinking that it was so similar to like a couple of our counties together, how big this. um, So let's say, what is it? It's a shrine grave um, for the first emperor of China. To help him in the afterlife. Help him? Jeez Louise. He got a whole city. (laughs) Well, it's not only, it wasn't only the army that was found, you know. There was horses, there was weapons. There was even in uh, in 2020, they actually found 116 more warriors and they were all women. Wow. Oh. Now, let's get into the concept that it's called the Terracotta Army because they are made out of terracotta. Yeah. And so each one was crafted individually, and each one, whether it be a farmer or a warrior, has an individual face, right? And the stamp to go with it. What happened was it was the biggest production line. It was the first production line in the world because they had, believe it or not, are you ready for this? This astounded me. 
700,000 people working on them one time. 700,000. Yes. Well, yes. that's a big city. I mean, you know, even today, if you have 700,000 people. Yeah. And it was and it was actually a production line. And if one of the craftsmen didn't do the job correctly, he was executed. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So they were all put on the production line and each one that made it had his own stamp. And then the inspector came along, passed it off, yes or no, or gone. And didn't they leave a lot of bodies, actual human bodies in the tombs? That hasn't been opened yet. No, not the tomb, not his tomb. We we that is coming, guys. They have not opened the king's tomb, but all the surrounding ground, they left bodies because he was afraid that the workers would tell people where he was buried. Did the, I read that? Now, do you did you find that true in your work? Yeah, um, he he was he was paranoid about power, and he didn't want the power to be taken away from him. So um, he. Um, he got everybody together and said, okay, thanks very much. And on his orders when he died, they all they all got killed. And and what's the craziest part about this is that his regime lasted for 15 years. Like only. And he gets a whole city. Yeah. Well, it was 17, actually. Okay. Oh, really? Off by two years. Yeah. <laughs> Shame on us. Oh, gosh. But I mean, I'm surprised they could build that something like that in 17 years. Aren't you? Well, if you've got about 20 million people working on it, it's not going to take them long. (laughs) And let's just say again, just in case we forgot, that there isn't just soldiers. It's also mounted units and chariots, right? Yeah, there was was also um, smiths as well that made the weapons. Well, how did you think they discovered it? It was by accident. The farmer on the land was plowing a field and he came across some pottery. And when he started digging closer, he fell in the pit. <laughs> Did they make him a city? <laughs> That's a good one. Well, let me put it this way. I think I think the government purloined the land very, very quickly. Yeah. I bet. And 46 acres, give or take. Is- Miles. Yeah. Yep. But the thing is, they haven't. They've still got six thousand to eight thousand uh, warriors to unearth. And, and right. is the government actually doing that? Yes. And the thing is, is that they're not going to excavate it until the excavation um, professors have died, and they're going to train everybody up to dig it up when the others have died. So they're not going to open cast it anymore until the others are going. How crazy is that? Why do you think that is? I've got no idea. I'll plead the Fifth Amendment on that. That is crazy. Yeah. On the concept of crazy, can we just say a couple of things about the ruler himself? Well, he he was as he, he was as mad as a bottle of frogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um first off, didn't he name China with the name China? Yes. And he, that was uh, when he, when he confiscated or invaded the lands around him, he named it China. Exactly. 
And he changed, like most rulers, he changed his name from what he was born with when he became the ruler. Now, I read that he was Shin Wang Di, but I could be wrong because I also read a different name. What, what did your? It's the different name. <laughs> Kim Shi Wang. Yeah, that's it. Juan. 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 Juan Shi Huang. So just to be clear, guys, Kim Shi Huang is the name that he picked for himself. Yeah. Now, they also say that he started the Great Wall of China. Do you think that's true? Um, it wouldn't surprise me, actually, because what they what the Great Wall of China was made from, and this might surprise people, was uh, sticky rice pudding. Pardon? <laughs> Say that again? It was what? The wall was made out of sticky rice. Wow. They had no mortar. So what they did was, was that they got the rice and they made it sticky and they put the rocks on and it's remained ever since. And how it stood up, I have got no idea because my rice puddings go flat as a pancake. <laughs> Obviously, you don't put enough sugar in your sticky rice. Is that what it is? <laughs> That's the one because you see, uh, now, Jackie, I don't like sugar, you see. So there you go. You got the right answer. <laughs> okay, but I'm just saying, if you built a wall, a wall out of sugar and rice, wouldn't some animal come along and eat it? Mm. Not if Emperor Kishong Wang said no. Uh, no, that's true, because he had so many warriors on that wall, you know, for the marauders and what have you. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, wow. But isn't it true that the king was so afraid of not being... Uh, known later on as the smartest person in the world, that he destroyed all the written records. It is. And he he buried his own scholars alive. That's creepy, isn't it? Well, he was he, he was certainly paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd fit right into today's world, exactly. wouldn't he? Okay. I want you to take us home on this, Sifu, by telling us, do you think they're ever going to open the tomb? I could not get a consensus when I researched that. Right. Well, neither could I. Um, the thing is, is that um, they don't know what's going to happen. And the other reason why, the other reason why they're not opening it is because they're not opening it because of these um, geologists and what have you have to pass on because they've got to train people to come up because they're not going to open it. So they're going to teach other archaeologists to do it for them. I just do not understand That's that. Crazy, crazy. But if you if you are out there and you have never heard of this and you Google it, you will see some unbelievable pictures. Yes. Seafood. Do you want to add one more terracotta tidbit? Hey, I teed it up. That could be a podcast. <laughs> terracotta tidbits. Um, there are one other, and that is that the finds are recently found in 2020 was another 200 apart from the uh, nuns or concubines or whatever you want to call them. They opened up uh, another site and they found, and this was three years ago, they found another 200. Wow. Speaking of the beginning of your sentence, he did bury with him, I think, both live females and ones that were carved out of terracotta. Absolutely. Yeah, he was a nut job. He wasn't certainly wired upright, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and
And on that note, I'm going to say, and we are the pot calling the kettle. That's it. <laughs> Talk about being wired. But your input was perfect. Just what exactly what we needed today. Well, I hope I helped anyway. No, you were awesome as you are every time. Of course, we're going to have you on again very soon. So for today, I'm going to say thank you so much, Sifu. I'm really, really honored by three wonderful people that do such a brilliant job. We're lucky to have great people like you that join us. Exactly. That's right. Well, I've been around a long time. 73 is great when you only look 36. (laughs) (laughs) And you can catch that picture, guys, on Instagram at Wildcat Dojo Conversations and all over the internet at Wildcat Dojo. And you can write us at dojoconversations at aol.com. So after that, let's go right into Honor Athletics, of course. So she's a karate store. You can give her a call at 770-945-5150. Scroll down in our notes, click the link, or go to honor-athletics.com. Check her out, folks, and use Wildcat Dojo when you check out for your 10% discount. And we do not give you a discount if you support the show, but we do send our appreciation. And I send appreciation personally to you when I see that you donated. We have a little support the show button down the page. Just scroll down and check us out. And we sure do appreciate any donations. Thank you for thinking of us. Okay, Sifu, on that note, we are going to call it, are we not? We certainly are, but what a fun afternoon. It was brilliant. I hope it was informative for all your listeners and yourselves, of course. Yes, it was. Okay, guys. Bye, everybody. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And on that note, I am going to sign us out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.